Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. series is about kingdom family. Let's say hi to our podcast listeners. Let's give it up for them. Awesome. And uh, we're starting this February uh, series uh, on kingdom family this morning. Uh, And what I thought we really need to, before I can get into family, which I believe is a real challenge... I speak from experience when (laughs) uh, I came from a home that was a little bit detached, a good home, very good home, but a little bit Victorian. Who knows what I say when when I say that? Not many cuddles, not many emotional outbursts. Uh, not like Julie's family, uh, lots of cuddles, lots of emotional outbursts, crying, uh, laughter, and, um, and that's what I encountered in 84 when I started to visit Julie's uh, mother and father's place and uh, it was quite a threat to me because you know when people come at you like this and especially Julie's mum who had these big (laughs) wonderful anyway and and, you know and she'd come at you really quick too and uh, it wasn't it wasn't you know it's very wrap you up and and so Jill really got a reputation, a good reputation in our old church, which was a rather big church, and, uh, and she would just love people. She had this real amazing, probably the most amazing gift of love that I've ever encountered in anyone. And, uh, but that was Julie's mother, and she would love anyone. They would have people, anyway, it's a story, and she would uh, reach out to anyone and everyone. And, and, uh, and of course, that's what I encountered and so the family gatherings for me were really threatening. Big, large family gatherings because her family was all connected. Mine wasn't. Mine separated. Mine went to the uttermost. Uh, but now we're coming back and we're having such a... Every Christmas, they're getting closer, my brothers. And uh, if you've seen my Facebook, you've seen photos of my brothers, my sister all together and uh, enjoying a real sense of family. But Julie's family was always just in each other's face and their sisters were loving each other. She's having a two-day outing with her sisters, her three other sisters, they're going away to a hotel and they're just going to talk about us uh, husbands and uh, laugh about us and uh, I know what you do, don't pretend you don't. (laughs) And, uh, And so that's what I encountered and Julie will tell you stories how I used to be able to handle it for about uh, only a moment, and then I'd have to go out and fix the car or something. Oh, I'd just go check the battery and, and, uh, or, or go for a walk or something, because it really was threatening. And we've got to realize that that's the story, too, when people come into our church, that they're not, you know, they're not used to the transparency, they're not used to the love, they're not used to that. Let's be careful of that, because that can be overwhelming. They're, a lot of people are used to living... Uh, isolated, separated, lonely, 
and uh, mistrusting, especially men, you know, got to be careful approaching ladies because uh, a lot of ladies, unfortunately, have been uh, abused and, um, and, you know, out of the goodness of our heart, we try and approach, but sometimes it is a little bit, uh, you know, overbearing and we've just got to be really careful of that. That's a little, little housekeeping there. But um, for me, it, it took a while for me to become... Uh, accustomed to this this family, uh, the Connell family, and uh, but I soon got used to it. took a, took a while, and uh, I soon migrated into the sense of feeling, you know, that, like I belonged and that I was loved, and and it was a, quite a powerful thing. And then I joined. The, then we joined the church. We got saved, and we, we we joined the church, and then we found that these people were just very aloof and very. Uh, endearing and very transparent with themselves, not, you know, like the world and very uh, calculating and, and um, but these people were just open and that was another thing I had to struggle with. Um, and so I know what it means when we say family, um, kingdom family, and, and we want to be able to tease that out in this month in, in help. I guess, people's uh, understanding of, of what it means to come together to, you know, that we are brothers and sisters, brothers keepers, that we're a body, that we're not separate parts, that we are the body of Christ. So I started to think, and it is a challenge, it, it's, it, it is a challenge to migrate. Church is not a place, a meeting that you go to, a door you, that you walk into, I'm at church, and then you walk out of church. We are the church. Yeah. Whether you're down at Westfields, at work, wherever, even if you go overseas, you are C3 Tugra Church. That's your identity. Um, and I want to tease out some of the dynamics of that, uh, how that works in, in, in the world. But before I go there, I really need to, at the start of this year, I need to give, because it's a series, I really need to tease out... Um, what the church is, what's it based on. Before I can emphasize too much of the family, there's two, two major components of the church. Two major components. One is the Word of God. The church is the Word. We're camped around the Word. We subscribe to the Word. We believe the Word. We're in abeyance to the Word. The Word for us is resolute and it's what we adhere to. Jesus was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. We believe Jesus is the Word. We're absolutely loyal to the Word. Yeah. Man, they can torture us, I don't know about you, but we're not giving up on the Word. Um, and, but the, the, and the Word has a mission. So there's two components in the Word. The Word is truth, and the Word is mission. It's on a mission. That's why these four walls can't contain this church, because we're on a mission. We're pressing out uh, to the high schools, to the community, to the marketplace, to Africa, to Asia, wherever. We're pushing out. We're on a mission. The Word is on a mission. The second fundamental principle of the... The beard's not putting you off, by the way. Is it all right? Because it's family, the series of family... Julie said, what about the beard? Leave the beard on. I usually shave the beard off after holidays. Leave it on because it represents the father. The father of the house. Pardon? Yeah. 
It's the father. It's, you know, the bit of grey. That's natural, by the way. I didn't dye it. And um, <laughs> I'm the father. So th- we'll get into that later about the whole dynamics of the church, of, of the... Because Muslims understand it better than... And Asians understand it better than we do about family, about the respect. Italians, you look at the movies where the Italians are sitting at, at the table. The dad is... He, everything's deferred to him. The dad is at the table and nothing goes by the dad. You know, with, with, with you know, dad is in control. He's the authority. He's the, you know, patriarchal authority. And the mum too. I love that movie where he might be the head, but I'm the neck that turns it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that in that Greek movie. We're going to get there, we'll get there. So we're going to talk about family, but I think we need to get back to the Word because I, I need to build, and I'd like to have gotten into some, some of the family teaching this morning. I don't think I'm going to be able to. Is that cool? I'm going to have to teach a little bit on the Word. Uh, we need to get an understanding of the basis of this message because it's from there that you will take the challenge to become the family. Nothing else will be able to inspire you enough unless you believe that it's God's Word. A lot of the crazy stuff we do for God, giving, you're not going to do that unless God says, it's, it's me and my will. That's my house and the tithe belongs to Him and, and it's more blessed to give than to receive. You're not going to give because human nature is getting and holding on. But we're in abeyance to the Word. Bible says we're not His disciples unless we're in abeyance to him, His Word. That's how you know that you're a, a, a disciple and a Christian when you're in abeyance. And do crazy stuff like forgive people when they don't deserve forgiving. Whoo! When you do these crazy things that the, the Lord God through His Word says to do. Do you know what I mean? So this one is probably as challenging as forgiving or giving or any of those virtues that Jesus wants us to do. Being a family. Look, I'll come, but man, I don't care about your life. I just care about me and God. I just want to be right with Him and I can, look, He knows me, I know Him. Look, I don't, I don't want to buy into all, this other, all these other people and uh, I don't want to certainly want to carry their burden or, or care about them. I just want to come and I just want to hang out in a nice little meeting where I can be, you know, uh, you know blessed and uh, in the Word and the Spirit. And I'm happy with that and I'll go from that and I can live my life. But that's not scriptural. That's actually not scriptural. That's not the church. The church is the Word that we believe in that we've received, and the church is family, it's community. Does that make sense? So we need to do this quick, and uh, let's do some scripture. You've got your Bibles, and uh, however you do that, please get ready to take some notes. I'm going to fly through this. And then I'm going to give you some great stuff at the end. I've got a little video, and, uh, and, I, and I think I've got communion at the end. So Cameron's doing, no, I'm going to do that. Every time I say Cameron, he freaks out. Kingdom family. 
uh, Ephesians 4.15. Let's make a real case of this this morning. The church is based on the word. It is the word. That's why it's here. It's, it's absolutely important to understand the importance of the word of God. Let's try and make a case of it. Ephesians 4.15. The message is the kingdom family. Ephesians 4.15. Instead of speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. See, we're supposed to be growing up as a family into him. 16 from him, the whole body. The body. Did I say body? joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Julie's right. You are a supporting ligament. You hold this church together by the supporting ligaments. Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the Bible says we're a church, we're a body, a body, uh, literally like a body. He is the head the mind of Christ, the Word of God, what He wants us to do, the purposes and the plans of God are in Christ. He's got things to do on this planet and around and about us, but um, we are the body, we're the, we're, we're the hug, we're the handshake, we're the voice, we're the feet. We move God's will out through us, the body. Does that make sense? Colossians 12, 27 says it like this. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. You're a part of it. Um, of course, Ephesians 4.15, 4, we mentioned that. Uh, what about 1 Corinthians 12.18? Every member, and I love this, every member is placed in the body of Christ as God's will has proposed. So you're not here by chance. You didn't just decide to join a church. I would rather think that God led you here, Ollie. You just didn't decide to come from Dubbo and, and get a job and now you're going to Bible college, but you did all that by accident. No, God did that on purpose. God's got each and every one of you here on purpose. Oh, no, I just decided myself to go to C3 Tugger and join. Them. No, you didn't. You were God's sovereign will, purpose and plan brought you here somehow, Luke. Luke and Kelly are not here by accident. They were drawn here by the... Prove it to me. Okay, I will. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But in fact, God arranged. Say that. God arranged. The parts in the body. Even Pat's here because God brought her here. Every one of them. Just as he wanted them to be. And so the Holy Spirit manifests, manifests itself through us for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The manifestation of the Spirit is firstly the fruits of the Spirit. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the long-suffering. Help me, Jules. The gentleness, the kindness. I've said them all out of order. Don't, don't. The what? The sausage roll? Self-control. I swore you said sausage roll then. <laughs> and of course, we, 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 we bring that, so we, 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 oh man, I'm just having revelation, I'm just having some, when we come to church and belong to a family, we don't present ourselves as a secular person. Hi, this is my resume, I've been to uh, uni and TAFE and this is who I am, this is what I can do. I can type so many words a minute and you can do that and Microsoft and do it. No! That's good, but we want you to bring your, your love, your joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and we want to bring your faith, we want gifts of the Spirit, your prophetic, your, your prayer, your, your, all, all that. We want you to bring that and bring it. And so when you, when you 
present yourself to people. You're supposed to be spiritually transparent. Just like husbands with wives, wives with husbands, spiritual transparency, emotional transparency, physical transparency. It's a bit like that. Ephesians 4.13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Listen, God did not make us, he did not make us independent. We are interdependent. We're relying on each other. To, to, to be blessed, to be safeguarded. You need the prayers of your friends and, and brothers and sisters to do the greater work. You need teams around you. You, you, need, this, you need each other. It, it, you can't do it separately. You can't grow into maturity by yourself, as, as my two-year-old would say. I can do it by myself, as. No, you can't. We need each other. What one member lacks, others in the body can supply. It's a big call. Jesus said it like this, Luke 9.23. Then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. This is what it takes to be a disciple. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to lay down a whole bunch of selfishness. A lot of, you know, stuff that allows you to live introverted almost. And you must deny yourself, take up the cross daily and follow me. 24, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. So when we join the church, there's massive adjustments in our life, which is very challenging to do the kingdom family. To do, to, 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 to hang like this, it does take a lot of adjustments to get into the proper groove of the church. Am I making sense? It is a challenge for this pluralistic society, in fact. Um, good, I've said a bunch of that. So uh, maybe the PowerPoint, we can throw that up. Uh, being gospel-centered actually involves two things. Yeah, I, I want people to see this, so thank you, Jonathan. Um, and so I've got this quote here, Christians are called to dual fidelity. Fidelity is the quality of being faithful and loyal. So we're faithful and loyal to the word, but we're faithful and loyal to the community. Some people would go, no, it's just the word, the word, look, the community, I don't, know, I, I, I don't want to buy into that so much. It's the word, it's the word, and you'll get people actually like that. They, 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 they do the word, but they have no sense of friendship or friendliness I've been attacked by people, you know, man, I've come off the, uh, and uh, the word says this, it was like, hang on, hang on, what's your name first, buddy? Uh, oh, my, my name's Ray. I said, well, come on, let's be friendly about this, you know, they don't ask me three, four questions. You know, I have no sense of community, no sense of, you know, being sociable, and that, that's where you get funny, funny stuff happening, people that are odd, and, and that's exactly why people don't want to get saved. Is this up there? Um, First, it means being word-centered because the gospel is word. The gospel is news and message. We said that too. Second, it means being mission-centered because the gospel is word to be proclaimed. The gospel is good news, a missionary. Yeah, you probably haven't got it, but that's okay. Now, I want to I run through that anyway, Jules. Is it there? Ah, oh, okay. So, two major components of the church. First, it means being word-centered. 
Because the gospel is word, the gospel is news. The second, the second component of the word, but, is it means being mission-centered because the gospel is a word to be proclaimed. The gospel is good news, a missionary message. And really the second half of what church is all about, let's put it like that, is community. We are community. It's not just the word. There would be some that would come here and just love the word and don't want to buy into the community. They don't want to do a coffee. They don't want to do a connect group. They don't want to help. They don't want to serve. They just... But... Okay. I just think it's good if we see it like that, then you can... So the bottom line is, is that we need to be enthusiastic about the word, about the mission of the word, but we need to be as enthusiastic as Luke and Tash would tell you we need to be as enthusiastic about the community, connecting. Because you can't practice what you learn. That's what you do. You take the truth in and you practice it on each other. You practice the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, self-control. You practice that. And if you can't practice it on anyone, it's just, it's not living and active and it's not real. So I hope that helps. We call it total church. It'll shape your life if you believe it. Okay, I'm on track. Here we go. Um, let me just run through this and I'll show you the video. Okay, you've been good this morning. <laughs> God through, rules through his word. So understand this. The word in the beginning was chaos. In the beginning was chaos and darkness. And then God spoke let there be light. And there was light. That's what happens in your house. When you've got chaos happening and stuff happening and darkness and people having weird dreams, you speak the word in your house and light comes into that home. And it penetrates everything. Amen? That's what happened in the beginning. In the beginning, the earth was chaos, darkness, and God spoke. God rules by his word. Uh, Adam and Eve uh, were supposed to be in abeyance to the word of God. They resisted, they rejected the word, the Satan lied to them, they doubted the word, then they denied the word. They doubted it, did God say, and then they denied it. Nah, it's cool, Let's, and bang. Denying God's word is rebellion to God. Amen? So Abraham comes and Abraham, God says to Abraham, you know what, you're going to be blessed. I'm going to, I'm going to create a people that I know and, uh, and they're going to be blessed and their land's going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed to be a blessing. Then they get stuck in Egypt and then the promise of Abraham. You're going to be a blessing. You're not going to be stuck in oppression. We're going to get you out of there. They get out of there. That's the promise coming to pass. God's word is pregnant with a future and a hope. Amen. They get out of there and then Moses comes. Well, Moses leads God's people out of there and then Moses is given the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments is God reinstituting his word through humanity. Follow this word, you'll be blessed. They can't exactly follow it. They need the grace of God. We know that. But it's the word of God that God's trying to get them to adhere to, to trust in, to live by. If they do, they will be blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Jesus comes, John 1, chapter 1, 1 to 3. 
in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word is God, and here's Jesus, there's the Word. Everywhere he goes, the Word has an incredible effect. Demons are fleeing, people are being healed, cities are being overturned. The greatest teacher, the greatest man ever birthed on the planet is the Word of God. And it's the Word that gives life to our people. They need the Word of God. Your friends and family need the Word. If you can just get one scripture, I was talking to a dentist, he was at a dentist convention and, and there was a Japanese, it was an international uh, uh, convention and this Japanese man was there, my good friend, the, uh, the Christian dentist, got a word for the Japanese secular man, unsaved, went up to him on the coffee break and said, look, I just got this word, I got it, uh, you probably don't even know, the, it's a no, what, what, what is it? He said, well, here's the word, gave the Japanese dentist the word of God. As he's given it to him, tears started to flow. Bang, something happened in his life. Anyway, that man got saved in the end by the word of God. The word of God's powerful. He rules through his word. Where there's no word, there's chaos. Why on high school was chaos? Trust me. I worked in Mount Penang Juvenile Justice Center for six years. I was asked to do scripture in 95 in, in the Wyong High School. There was no word in there. It was chaos, man. It was chaos. I went in there. I felt really good because I knew how to handle juvenile offenders. I went in there. I was demoralized. These kids were wild. They were woolly. I had a chair fly out the window. Then I had a guy run out of the classroom to get the chair. And the whole class collapsed on me. I went, my God, I thought I could just come in and just... No. We had to slowly pray and induce the Word of God to bring order. There was chaos and anarchy and rebellion. And the more we kept on turning up and the more we kept on praying for that school, it's one of the best schools on the Central Coast. Give the Lord a hand. Awesome. Wyong High School. God is rejected when the Word is not trusted and not obeyed. Good stuff. Psalm 119.77. I'm doing all right. I've crunched that. Good. Let your compassion come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Of course, we got saved through the Word of God. We responded by faith to the message, John 5.24. I need to pad this out a little bit before I get to... My conclusion, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word, just grab your Bibles, just hold them up, whoever hears my word, that word is how God is going to instruct your life, lead your life, guide your life. This word, you need to understand this word and what it is telling you. Uh, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. So basically, true disciples of Jesus are those who abide in his word. John 8, 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. I'll say that again. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. The rock, the two houses, John, uh, no, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus tells a parable, and it's a parable of two houses, one built on sand, one built on rock. The house built on rock is actually, the rock is Christ, but the rock is the word obeyed. Those who listen to my words are the ones that build on the rock. Amen? 
you build on good intentions, if you just build your life just coming to church with good intentions and just being nice with God, that's commendable, fantastic, but you're not building your life on the Word of God, which is you being in abeyance to the commands, the precepts, the teachings of our God, Christ Jesus. Amen? You're going to fall. The storms are going to come. The wind's going to come like it did the other night. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and I walked into the new neighbors over the road, old, older couple just moved into a house, the old garage. They had a chock-a-block with boxes of books and stuff. They're, one's 84 years of age and another one's 67. I couldn't help but just go over and say, did you, okay, it really rained last night. Oh, my God, everything's drenched and the, the water flowed off the top of the hill, went through their garage and you know what I mean? Water gets to stuff. Water, the world can get to you. Circumstance can get to you if you're not built on the rock. Amen? Um, John eight thirty one to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the word of God. I am going to pull up there. I've, uh, I need to because... Um, I'll I'll, I'll sum it up by saying this. The gospel is truth to be applied, practiced and believed, but it is also missionary words so that the church must be mission-centered. Proclaiming, declaring, preaching, teaching, praying, worshiping. The church must exist both through the gospel and for the gospel, but it must exist to be family, a community of believers. Um, that practice what we preach in context, the greatest challenge, I believe, since getting saved, to be a community, a church, a family, partnering, helping, serving, giving ourselves for the common good of our spiritual family. And that brings us to why community. But um, can I pull up there, and um, since you have been so good, and before I go into a whole nother part of the teaching of why community and, uh, and, and the dynamics, the teaching behind it, I would really love to play this video. It goes for about two and a half minutes, I think. I think it'll really bless you. But can I just say that people are communal? We are a communal people. We're not designed to be isolated. Uh, we're designed to love God, love each other. It can happen because when you got saved, when you received the Holy Spirit, you received this generator, this, dy- this dynamo to be able to enable you to be energized, to love anything that moves. And uh, it, this video will show us a, a funny scenario. If it's true for this video, it's certainly got to be true for us as the people of God. Can we just play that? Thank you, guys. Elephants retire. Many pack their derms for the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee. They arrive here one by one, but stay here two by two. Every elephant that comes here searches out someone that she then spends most all of her time with. What are you doing? Sanctuary co-founder Carol Buckley says it's like best girlfriends. It's just like us. You know, somebody that they relate to, they have something in common with. Oh, hello, how are you? Debbie has Ronnie. Best buds, these two. Misty can't live without Delori. 
and perhaps the closest friends of all. <laughs> Tara and Bella, of course. <laughs> There's no other elephant around here? That's Tara. Just these two. And this is Bella. This is her friend, and her friend just happens to be a dog and not an elephant. That's hilarious. Bella is one of more than a dozen stray dogs that have found a home at the sanctuary. Most want nothing to do with the elephants and vice versa. But not this odd couple. They are absolutely inseparable. When it's time to eat, they both eat together, they drink together, they sleep together, they play together. Tara and Bella have been close for years, but no one really knew how close they were until recently. A few months ago, Bella suffered a spinal cord injury. She couldn't move her legs, couldn't even wag her tail. For three weeks, the dog lay motionless up in the sanctuary office. And for three weeks, the elephant held vigil. 2,700 acres to roam free, and Tara just stood in the corner. To me, it really was she was concerned about, about her friend. Then one day, co-founder Scott Blake carried Bella onto the balcony so she and Tara could at least see each other. And Bella's tail started wagging, you know, and, and we had no choice but to bring Bella down to see Tara. <laughs> they visited like this every day till Bella could walk. Wow. Today, their love and trust is stronger than ever. Bella even lets Tara pet her tummy with her foot. They harbor no fears, no secrets, no prejudices. Just two living creatures who somehow manage to look past their immense differences. Take a good look, America. Take a good look, world. If they can do it, what's our excuse? <laughs> can we do communion, please? And we want to get that around as I read this um, scripture in John 17. One of the last prayers of Jesus. Jesus prays for his disciples as we hand the communion out. This is the very last of Jesus' life in the upper room, and Jesus prays this. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I, ha for I, have, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I'll remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one, as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe. By that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction to the scripture be fulfilled. 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. 
For them I sanctify myself, that they may too be sanctified. And here's the scripture that I wanted to read. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, and when you receive that, could you take a stand, please? Could we stand in the presence of the Lord? That all of them may be one. Father, just as you in me and I am in you, may they also be be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and you have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ for all our days.